following podcast is a production of the network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. Welcome to Hats, Tats, and Stats Podcast with your host, EZD, Derek Jaws, Big Diesel, Nick Yelich, T-Wave, Taylor Sekaturski, and Austin Kelm, the Stat Man. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of Hats, Tats, and Stats. I, as always, am EZD, Derek Jaws, here with the Stat Man, Austin Kelm. Austin, what's up, buddy? Hey, buddy. How you doing tonight? Oh, uh, you know, a little, little stuffy, a little allergy-y, but uh, not too bad. You know, it's Oh, my God, dude. It's, it's been brutal. It's brutal. It is brutal. I mean, I feel like I need Allegra in a Pez dispenser. That's pretty much where we are right now. Yeah, so I'm uh, I'm going to go ahead and apologize right off the bat. If you hear me sniffling, I'll try not to do it in the microphone, but you know, you win some, you lose some. But uh, we are hitting that uh, that interesting time frame of professional sports where like the NHL playoffs are going on, the NBA playoffs are going on. Uh, everything I've seen, the NBA playoffs have been boring as all hell. The NHL playoffs are always exciting. MLB is just getting underway. Uh, and the NFL year has just started. But at the same time, with all that going on, there's not a whole lot going on. Yeah, you know what? It, I, I do like this time of year, though. Um, like you said, every sport's going on kind of simultaneously, even though we're not playing any actual football games just yet. Um, OTAs and everybody reporting, and it's exciting, and who shows up overweight and who shows up underweight and everything else. You know what I mean? It's just uh, there's a lot going on. Uh, but I know what you mean. I know it feels like that everything's going on and nothing's going on at the exact same time. A lot of speculation, a lot of rumors, a lot of a lot of chit chat out there from from guys like us. Right. Um. You know the. Uh, well, that's not the thing I wanted to type up. You know, it, the whole OTA things uh, is interesting. One of the big news so far is last I saw, uh, Star Latulier hasn't reported yet. Um, that one, that one surprised me. If I'm being honest, I really thought after missing an entire year that you'd be the first one kicking on the training camp door, you know, be ready to go in there, but he is not. Yeah. Uh, Taiwan Jones, Mitch Morris, Daryl Williams, Bobby Hart, Mario Addison, Jerry Hughes, Starla Tulia, Vernon Butler, and Syria Neal are the guys not in attendance as of today. Um, yeah, it's interesting, you know, with Star, uh, there's a little bit of a rumor mill going on that he may retire after sitting out last year that he may just be done, which would be really crappy at the same time. Yeah, you know, you take a year off from the highest level of play. Maybe you're not ready to get back out there. Who knows? Yeah, it's tough. I mean, he really is for what he does for our defense, he's kind of invaluable. I mean, to be that guy who just eats up double teams, it can kind of be that three technique and just be right in the middle. Um, we don't have another guy like that in our roster that can do that. Right. So um, that, 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 that star, star plays out. star plays one tech, doesn't he plays more well, over center? Well, that, that's what I mean. Like that he was doing that and he can do other stuff. We don't have anybody else. Like the closest guy we have to him is Harrison Phillips, maybe uh, Phillips and uh, Zimmer came in and filled that role a little bit last year. And, right. Well, star know, I think was, was better than, either of those two guys at doing what he does. Like I said, just, yeah, I mean, he's, he's that guy that, you know, he doesn't show up on stat sheets. He's not a, he's not a glorious position guy. He's not the guy that, you know, is going to get the, the accolades if from your run of the mill football, you know, football fan, your fan, your average Joe football fan, you know, he's the guy that when you watch tape, you're like, Oh, that dude ate 
two guys and got a hand on another, which allowed my linebackers to make plays or which allowed my other, my three tech guy, a one-on-one that he beat type thing. Right. Um, so obviously we are looking forward to having him back. If he doesn't come back, that will suck. Uh, but I have all the faith in the world that our coaching staff will figure it out and, you know, make it, make it work for us. Um, well, it's not, it's not like we were God awful without him, but I will say we're certainly better with him than we are. Our, our running, our running defense was not great. Uh, it definitely Correct. came around at the end of the year, but I think again, that's, that's the knowledge and expertise of a defensive head coach and, you know, a good defensive coordinator to know, and build and figure out adjustments to be made to, to win. And now, I mean, and you look at the two, two first two teams we played in the playoffs, they were running football teams. I mean, those are two of the most feared rushing attacks in the league and we beat them. So, so, all right. So I, so I got a question to ask you here because we've had a lot of, uh, a lot of outdoor work time this time of year, you know, prepping ball fields and stuff. So just between breaking and, and weed whacking and other stuff, we had a lot of long conversations drawn out at my work. Um, so I made the comment that people have over the last 50 years or since forever that I still feel that in a lot of ways, defense wins championships. Um, and that was very rebutted that, that in 2021, that is no longer a thing that you should just be going balls to the wall offense and that's it. And that whatever to the defense and I mean, not whatever to the defense, but I still feel that it, you want to win championships. You need to have a quality defense that if you don't have one, forget it. It's at some point you got to stop somebody. Um, so I'm going to look through and tell you that uh, the bills offense did just enough to beat. Where are we? Okay. 27, uh, 24. Our defense played well that game. The Rams were a better defensive team than the Seahawks. The Buccaneers were a better overall team than Washington. The Ravens defense beat the Titans. Um, the Saints beating the Bears, I think, is the one that the defense not winning, like not winning a game there, but you know, an anemic offense eventually is going to you know wear your defense out. You know, you you you, you stroll back the Bills' offense in a seventeen to three win over the Ravens didn't look fantastic. Well, but it needed a pick six there. Yeah, the again a hundred and two yard pick six. Right. Um, and then these were all points that I made that I was that I was we needed to address defensive line. We did that. We, you know what I mean? We we took the steps necessary to ensure up some weaknesses. And I said, listen, that, that defense still wins championships. And, and really, and where this conversation stemmed from, and I don't want to jump the gun because I know we're going to talk about it later. Um, but that his, uh, the conversations went from, you know, us getting Ertz with this nice freed up salary cap space we got from the, the restructuring of the Stefan Diggs deal. Um, or, or are we going after Julio? Are we going just nuts and going after the big fish? And we're going to win right now because with Allen on a rookie contract, this is one of your last opportunities to do something like this uh, and to just go nuts. And I said, you know, I don't think, I don't think receiver was a position of need. I mean, I'm not going to, not going to not take Julio. I won't cry myself to sleep over it. If Bean pulls off this trade. Um, but I think our receiver room is just fine. You know what I mean? I'd be more happy if they signed, I don't know, insert defensive free agent here, but I, I feel like that was more of an issue. Um, 
And the counterpoint that was made to me was, well, if you score 50 a game, it doesn't really matter what your defense does. I'm like, well, and until you don't score 50 a game, you know, right. Or, or until you're the, uh, I mean, uh, you know, you can score 50 and then you can be the Rams and the chiefs score 54. Right. You know, happy Monday night football that everybody loved, but there was a team in that game that scored 50 points and lost. Right. And you know, that, that full tilt balls to the wall offense got beat by a really good defense last year in the Super Bowl. I mean, Tom Tom Brady did nothing spectacular that day. Leonard Fournette, that that offense did nothing incredible. It was not a, oh my God, look at this offense. The story of that game was the defensive front for Tampa Bay and the fact that Pat Mahomes ran for over 500 yards behind the line of scrimmage. He so, ran for his life. I, so I said the exact same thing, and both offensive tackles being out, they felt was the decide the determining factor that they felt if, if both tackles are in that game, Kansas City not only remains competitive, they win that game outright. And I'm like, well, I said I think they would be more competitive, but I, I don't th- don't get me wrong. Missing two uh, offensive linemen is a big deal, but I don't think they. I mean, they got blown out in that game. It really was not close. It no, was not man. a good game. They got flat out beat. And I don't and think two players were going to make that difference. If you if you look at the defensive scheme that Tampa used, um, they used the they used the Chiefs' offensive scheme against them. So the Chiefs like to use motion to get guys moving and get guy get the defensive players out of position. And instead of having defensive players chase, they like if you were the slot corner and you were manned up on the slot guy and he went in motion as soon as he crossed the uh the tight end or the end guy in the line of scrimmage he he was no longer your guy and you were a flat out blitzer and they came off the edge all day off the motion and were in pat mahomes back pocket all day do i think your two defensive tackles slow that down Yes, but I also think your offensive line had its hands full with that front four that was really, really good. Um, yeah, uh, defense absolutely travels come the come the postseason. Um, you know, and when and, and that's and that's how I felt that I was like, it's all fine, and it's all well and good in the regular season, but at the end of the day, when it comes to crunch time and you're in the playoffs, you need your defense to show up. I mean, how how many times have we seen a potent offense? In I mean, just just the last twenty years, the most potent offense in the NFL either doesn't make the Super Bowl or loses in the Super Bowl to a better defense. I mean, I, I mean, it happens all the time. I mean, Tom Brady in what oh seven record breaking numbers, record breaking offensive year, and they and a wild card Giants team with a stout pin your ears back and murder people defense shut them down. It's uh, the Tampa two defense. What uh, Gruden's first year in Tampa, they beat Rich Gannon and the Raiders and the Raiders were the number one offense in the league that year. And Tampa came in and it was like 37, 10 or something. It was yep. not even close. I mean, they got murdered. It happens over and over and over again. That <laughs> when's the last time we had a, a, a barn burner of a Super Bowl? I, I think Pats and Philly yeah. it was like 47, 43. We're like the only, the only time that Tom Brady didn't score the entire game was on the like the second to last drive of the game where they had that strip sack. Yeah. 
They gave and, him the ball back. It was the only drive he didn't score on. And Foles, ironically, scored on every drive. Yes. <laughs> they were done here. No punts. And it's funny because, like, there was a year. I mean, the, the year that you had the, again, it was the Chiefs-Rams, right? That was, like, the 54-50 to 50 Monday Night Football game. Yeah, that, yep. And, and I, was, I was golf and, and them going nuts. Yeah, and the Chiefs didn't make it that year. The Patriots did, I believe, mm-hmm. right? I think they, and, they beat them in the AFC Championship game, yeah. Right, so the Patriots beat the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game. Weird. <laughs> a, a, well, a well-coached <laughs> defense beat the Chiefs, a high-powered offense. And then they made the second-best offense in the league that year look inept in the Super Bowl. Uh, yeah, defense travels. Defense will always travel come the postseason. Well, it's not. I mean, and it's not like it whole. It's not a, a a rule that's written in stone, you know, and, and on a hill somewhere. But just looking at it, it's uh, looking back. Uh, you know, Atlanta was blowing out New England until New England didn't allow them to score any points the entire second half of the game, and they came back and won. Denver, Peyton Manning's last year. Peyton, I love Peyton Manning. I'm a huge fan, but the defense won that championship. No question. It's just what happens. Uh, looking through, there were two games all last postseason that a team scored more than 35 points. The Browns Steelers game, which was a shit show, and the Chiefs win in the bill against the Bills. They scored mm-hmm. 38. Those are the only two it like in one of the highest scoring years ever, or if not the highest scoring year ever in the NFL, only two games in the postseason had a team break 35 points. I mean, well, I mean, well, well, well coached. You have more time to prepare. There's a whole season worth of game film and a lot of that stuff. So there's if you have a halfway decent head coach or a staff at all, I think that that certainly helps out as well. But like to your point, the defense travels though, and and it's because of those things that defense winds up being stronger in the in the postseason. For for reference, in Week 17, there were seven games and nine teams that broke 35 points. One, two, three, four, five. Six, seven in week sixteen. Like I mean, all those weeks of playoffs, three teams in two games broke thirty-five points. We were averaging seven, seven to nine teams a week prior to that. But defense doesn't win. Like defense doesn't win championships. Come on. Like well, I guess his his point was that you know if we had Julio Jones, it wouldn't matter. That your defense could be a little bit more rough around the edges, let's say, because there's no way you could cover Julio, Beasley, and Diggs all at the same time. Yeah, and, and there, it's, not, the, it's not like it's not a point to that, but and it you know you you can't cover uh, friggin' Kelsey and uh, Hill and Hill Hartman and Hartman and, and, and uh, Watkins and Hilaire and uh, even an aging. Um, was it Bell went there, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. that offense on paper is pretty unstoppable. They scored nine points. Oh, well, even, even to the Super Bowl champs. I mean, guarding Evans and Godwin, you know what I mean? And Antonio Brown with the running backs that they have there. And I'm not, I mean, they won the Super Bowl, obviously, but like they, they didn't go undefeated. He right. lost five or six games. So five or six times this past season, somebody went, yeah, we can stop this. And, yeah. and they did. <laughs> it's 
at some point you can be stopped. It is a thing. You know what I mean? It's somebody's going to just have the game plan or the matchup on that day. And I, mean, I don't know. I, I would rather, I'd rather have a corner. I'd rather go after Richard Sherman. I'd rather go after, you know, I mean, there's a whole bunch of other defensive pieces I would rather have than another well, receiver. Cause I think that room is fine. Yeah. That room is fine. I mean, we got rid of, we didn't get rid of John Brown, but we didn't re-sign John Brown because Emmanuel Sanders is fine. I think he's good. Yeah, he's, might, might, he's, might be better. Might be better. He, he's fine. Uh, Gabe Davis didn't suck. Nope. And everything that I've seen and heard, uh, we are going to have a very, very much secret weapon in Isaiah Hodgins, who has been described as a Stefan Diggs level route runner. And he's a big boy too. Like, yeah. like six, he's, two or six, three. He's, he's a big guy. Yeah. And I mean, if you can run routes like Diggs does, if, if, even if you can run routes, 75% of what Diggs does, you're going to be okay. But I mean, that, yeah, that room is just fine. I, I don't see I don't see our our front office making that type of move of like going to get Ertz. I mean, yes, he's had some injury issues. Uh he's a little bit older, but I still think he's an upgrade to our tight end room as far as a receiving weapon goes. Well, as much as I like Dawson Knox, the the bar for that is is it's it's the floor. It doesn't yeah. take too much. Honestly, I'm super excited for Jacob Hollister. <laughs> I'm very I'm very excited for that guy. Yeah, no kidding. As a, as um, a Dawson Knox fan, I like Jacob Hollister. That's yeah. As as a, like, and I'm a Dawson Knox fan because of the flashes of brilliance. He's just he's so inconsistent. There's times that you know he makes a catch, he runs down the sidelines, runs over somebody, stiff arms the next dude, spins away from the next, and then like barely gets dragged down. And then the next play, like wide open, hits him in the hands, deflects up, intercepted. What? Or the next play, like catches it, turns, runs, fumbles. Uh, hey, hey, man, meet me in the middle. Like, don't drop the ball and don't like knock it in the air for a pick, and I'll be okay with you not doing all of those other things that you did on the great play. <laughs> like it's, I don't want to say it's, it's easy to be a, a modern tight end, but you know I mean, I look at what guys did later in their career, what, what Jason Witten did later on with Tony Gonzalez later on. They, they weren't, a lot of these guys weren't split out wide and doing these, these modern NFL tight end things. They were just sitting down, finding where the coverage was and just turning around. Small, short, little button hooks here and there. Maybe I turn left, maybe I turn right, depending on what the coverage is. And the quarterback is just going to see me, and he's going to dump it to me for 10, 12 yards. Like clockwork every friggin' time. And it's just, they'll just dink and knock you to death. That's all we need him to do. And I don't know. I feel like there are times he's he presses too much, that he's trying to, like, like he's a home run threat, that I'm going to break this for a TD every time. Like, I don't need you to do that. I need you to catch it and get a first down. That's it. The bar's pretty low here. Yeah, um, you know, like I said, I I'd be excited for Ertz, but at the same time, I don't know if it's necessary. I, I've seen some other some other ideas out there, kind of floating around. Um, you know, I he's an upgrade. He's an absolute upgrade right off the bat. But uh, I don't. Know, I I think there's more like bigger positions of need. Yeah. And, and I agree with you. And really, it, like you said, it's an upgrade, but on the flip side, 
I feel like the only reason I would not like it is if he was somehow stopping the development of some young guy. Like, hey, throw X, Y, and Z out there just to see what they've got, to see what we've got in those players. But there's not. There's nobody at that position that he's really inhibiting their their progress. There's a couple other 27-year-olds, and he's 31. It's Everybody's a vet at this point. It's Right. Um, you know, one of the things, uh, Steven Nelson, the cornerback from the Steelers, he played with the Steelers. Um, Richard Sherman has also been linked to talks there. And then uh, signing Akeem Nix. Just because, you know, again, with Star Latulier being up in the air, you know, have, filling that spot might not be a, a terrible thing. And now the, the cool part is the reason that we're able to talk about this specifically is because Steph, we we converted all but like nine hundred thousand dollars of Stefan Diggs, um, maybe it's ninety ninety k, uh, whatever. It's it's a a very a fraction of his yearly salary to pure signing bonus, which freed up seven million dollars in cap space for us. Which seven point al- eight, right? Which allows us then to, um, you know, pursue positions of need. Uh, you know, uh, we only had about $3 million in cap space. So I mean, it's so a freeing up another eight is phenomenal. Um, right. And now really that's it. It's really, it's like kicking the can down the road. And I think as most football fans understand the salary caps, kind of a magical thing. It's an interesting beast. It's, it's a figment of people's imagination. Uh, I don't want to say they make up the rules as they go, but like, Oh, we're up against the cap. Oh, and we just, you, sure, we'll give you, we'll just convert this to this. And I mean, it's like, it's like alchemy. We'll just kind of flip this and turn it into that. No, we got $10 million now, but you're still paying all the same guys, same money. Yep. Okay. Well, how'd you get $10 million? Don't ask me. I, <laughs> it's just like, it's a mythical creature. Well, and that, I mean, that's one of those things that when you talk about a, like a GM who knows what he's doing, I mean, look at some of these teams that are in absolute cap hell. I mean, you had a dude in, Houston, who ran the team as a GM and the team on the field into the ground. You have one of the best quarterbacks in the league that doesn't want to play for you. You sold all your draft picks. You're in cap hell. You lost the best wide receiver in football. And your team's just in the shit where the Bills were in cap hell. And we found our way out and just magically find more money every year. And we're getting better every year. Well, the phenomenal thing too, is that it kicks some of that money down the road, but we're also going to have to most likely uh, give Diggs some sort of an extension. He'll get another contract in there. We have to, we have to spread that money out. Cause I think now with this, this whole kicking the can down the road thing, the last year of his contract becomes something silly, like 16 or $17 million with, and with your you're paying Allen uh, 40, maybe right. if we're lucky, I mean, we're not gonna be able to pay a $17 million receiver and a $40 million quarterback. That's just not going to be one of those things. Well, and the, the other cool thing that you like to see, and it's, you know, it, it's become, it's becoming, we've talked about it a few times in the show, something that's becoming NFL lexicon is the Buffalo discount, you know, guys, taking less to stay here because of what's going on here. Um, you know, and everything you see coming out of training camp, you know, you see the words love, the with the word respect, like, you know, the, the bills have one of the highest participation rates in OTAs right now 
And when people are, are asking why, the answer is because we respect the organization, because we respect our coaching staff and we respect each other. Like it doesn't do well for me to stay away because I want to be here with the boys getting better. Like, um, I mean, there's even guys there. I was reading uh, like Moss Hodgins, Beasley, like guys that are coming off injury are there, but they're not participating, but they're there. Um, you know, and it's just, there's a lot of good things going on in Buffalo and they're, none of them are with the Buffalo Sabres aside from getting the first overall draft pick this year, which I don't think it matters. Cause I think this is the year that there's really not a, a stud coming out, but whatever. Right. But uh, yeah, that's uh, there's some good stuff going on there with the bills. It'll be exciting to see what they choose to do with that big chunk of change that they just freed up because Diggs was willing to restructure his contract um, and just, you know, kind of was one of many. I think. I mean, Addison. We, had, I mean, several guys did, did something like that to to help out the franchise. Yeah, and you know, that's like I said, that's the whole Buffalo discount thing. Um, yeah. So now, all right. So let me ask you a question. So now, I understand that the likelihood of this is is very very slim. So. Do you think that Josh Allen will will take some sort of money? I mean, so if it's me personally, now I'm not in his shoes. I don't have his talent or his life or even his height. I would settle for his height. Don't got it. That I would say, you know what? I'm content with $27 million a season. Do I need 40 or 45? It's the Dak Prescott thing. Do you know what I mean? Like, do I need 40? Because really, the likelihood, and I, I think Colin Coward was talking about it, that the that it's been twenty years or something like that since the last time a like the highest paid quarterback won a Super Bowl. Because the problem is when you're making all that money, all the talent goes someplace else, and they can't afford to bring in good free agents or to keep players because you're hogging all the salary cap. And there's a reason that Tom Brady has won as many Super Bowls as he has because the man routinely takes a pay cut over and over and over again. And that pick, that's still 25 million. It's not like he's making chump change. He's not making the veteran minimum, but 25 is a lot different than 45. $20 million goes a long way. Yeah, that was a, uh, it was actually a conversation I heard on uh, one of the local radio stations around here recently. They were talking about that. You know, do you take the Pat Mahomes meth road, you know, 10 or 12 years or whatever it was for $500 million, um, you know, Deshaun Watson did the same thing. Um, a lot of other guys have done that. And then you look like, okay, you know, you look at what Brady did. He did it kind of intelligently when you think about it. Like, you know, I'm not going to take the money up front, but you know, what's going to be really cool. All the really awesome bonuses I get when I win a Super Bowl, all the really cool things that happen when I get endorsements because I won the Super Bowl. Uh, you know, just I put up certain numbers. There's a lot of bonuses in there for me. Oh, and I'm married to a supermodel who makes more money than me, regardless. So, well, so and, okay. and maybe that's why he gets to repeatedly take pay cuts. You know what I mean? He, but, he also understands, man. Like he 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 has made more money than probably the top paid quarterbacks in the league over the same span, out of endorsements, out of his own brand which he was able to develop because you know, you know who doesn't, you know, you like, you know who gets to sell their own brand, a seven time Super Bowl champion, you know, who doesn't a guy who signed a $400 million contract and 
played another year or two before he ended up getting in legal trouble. It's uh, I don't know, it's just, it's a very interesting dynamic. I because I, I don't I don't begrudge anybody for doing what's best for them, for for getting yours and and you know oh you would turn away fifteen million dollars. No, no, like I get it. I understand. <laughs> <laughs> if somebody said, Hey, I could either give you 20 or I could give you 40. No one in their right mind would take the 20 when 40 is in the table with no other strings attached. Right. But I th- did you think the thought ever enters his mind that like, huh? No quarterback who makes this kind of money ever wins a Super Bowl. Like, so is it more about the team or is it about me getting paid? I think personally, in my opinion, and, and this may just be the media persona that Josh Allen exudes or puts out there, but if I were a betting man, which I very blatantly am not, but I do make bold claims from time to time, <laughs> that is absolutely the type of thing that crosses Josh Allen's mind. Um, and I think it's a little bit of both. I think it's a little bit of... I I think he would see it as an investment because, okay, you can make, you know, X amount of X amount of year. And there's a certain amount of that that's guaranteed. Or you can take less money now with the investment. Like it's basically betting on yourself. You know, a guy like Dak Prescott, my family can't live on, for, you know, a $400 million 10 year contract. I need 450 million at least. What? Right. What, what? And what point is it? Is it gluttonous? And that, I mean, Hey man, like, can I, can I be part of your family? Cause I'll, I'll take a cut. I mean, I, I, I could live comfortably on that. It's, it's more money than anybody would ever need for anything. But I think, you ever. know, I, I think Dak, especially after the injury, and after years and years of you know two or two two franchise tags, I think Dak is looking at it and going, I need to secure my bag for my future. I think Josh Allen's the type of guy who goes, you know what? I'll take less now to get more later. And the investment isn't a I'm going to get that big contract later. It's I'm going to make up that money and then some on bonuses and Super Bowl winnings and endorsements and all this other stuff. I think Josh Allen's a very smart quarterback when it comes to stuff like that. He's a very smart young man and he's shown it time and again with the things he's willing to do, the things he's willing to, I mean, you know, he, he goes to the same quarterback school as other guys around his age. And, you know, Jordan Palmer comes out and goes, yeah, but Josh is different. Like he's out. He's the first one out there. The last one off the field, like guys show up. He's here. He lives here. Like, other guys think they walk in, they do some drills, and it's going to get better. Josh lives it, like in his underwear attached to a full tilt body sensor rep soto to figure out the minutest little percentile of something he can do better. Uh, like I, he absolutely has something like that in mind when it comes to his contract. Can you send me on Amazon where where that piece of equipment is? I want to know the the full underwear bodysuit rep soto machine that you've. Uh, you can actually like Google some of these things that these pitching labs have. And that's basically what he uses. Like it's, it's actual like kinetic motion sensors to show like when your arm or your leg is off balance and when your body's working against itself versus working efficiently. And that's what he did. The the full body suit they wear when they're doing like touchdown celebrations in Madden. 
yeah, basically. they got the guys in the full suits with the little green balls on them for all the CGI. Yeah, pretty much. That's what I have in my head. Uh, it's damn close. Uh, I will. I will. I'll, next time I see a video of somebody hooked up to all the stuff, I'll uh, I'll, I'll send it your way on the Twitter That's machine. Right. But forward it like it's hot. Let's. I want to see it. But uh, some other big news coming in Buffalo. The uh, the Jays are home. Yeah, we've got professional baseball in Buffalo, and it's not the Buffalo Braves. I'll tell you, we uh, well, the Braves were basketball, but it doesn't matter. Professional sports of that type, it's just we have football and hockey, and I like to forget that we have hockey. Yeah, especially the last few years. Damn. Hey, we got but, the first overall pick. I don't want to change gears on you, but like that was some new news. That was yeah. a whole fancy thing. Yeah, that's the only good thing that happened for the Sabres this year. But in uh, a year with no consensus number one, no scouting reports, no minor league seasons, no video to go off of. Great. Thank God, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> um, but yes, we have professional baseball back in Buffalo. And I'll tell you, from what I've heard from some people who have gone, it has been loud, it has been rowdy, and it has been Buffalo-style baseball. It has been people in Buffalo embracing the fact that we have the Blue Jays here, and they're able to go. And I think a lot of it is we're allowed to go to a professional sporting event in person. And I think it's understated how much this area actually loves the game of baseball. And it, it helps that, you know, the Yankees were here, but uh, I I've, I've seen, you know, reports that guys have off the record, talked to some blue Jays guys. And they were like, this atmosphere was nuts. Um, Well, Bill's mafia is coming out in, in full swing. It's not just for one sport. I mean, we're rough and rowdy all the time. And for really, I mean, considering the simple fact that the Bisons usually have to like give away tickets to, to elementary school kids just to, to get a handful of people to go to a baseball game to now having the place be mobbed and it is now a place to be downtown. Um, it's phenomenal. And the field looks great. All the renovations they did look spectacular. The video board to the grass to the, the new lights they put in for the nationally televised games. It really has been pretty spectacular. Yeah, I mean, I've I've played on that field. I've been on that field for different tournaments and stuff. Like in when you walk out there, it's different. And to see what it looks like now to what it looked like even a year or two ago, it's like holy I didn't think it could get better. I didn't think there was this much of a jump. There was uh, a certainly an attention to detail <laughs> that was uh really put into the stadium. Um, having worked with a lot of the union guys, uh, the local 10 stagehand guys that do a lot of the, the concerts and stuff like that, um, a lot of them got called to do the renovations in the stadium or to assist in it anyways. Um, and the stuff that they were talking about, it had me cracking up because it's not just the on the field stuff and the lights and the, you know what I mean? It's replacing all the, the, the seats to have different logos on them. The, the please stand six feet apart logos all had to be like razor bladed and peeled up off the ground. So it could be a blue Jay with pay, hey, please stand six feet apart on the ground <laughs> and like uh, urinal cakes to concession stand signs to the doors and the elevator. You know, when they close now it says the blue Jays logo and they had to peel off the Bison's logo off the elevator doors to put the blue Jays logo. I like, there is n- no, expense was spared they went all right out and, and both the Blue Jays place to play 
it's really nice because both the Blue Jays and Major League Baseball helped foot that bill. So that's not on Buffalo. That's not on the Bisons. That's not on the stadium. That's not on the city. That's that's paid and covered. That's paid in full. So hey, did do the Blue Jays want to play at the Bill Stadium? Because like I really that could be kind of cool. Let's let's do make renovations happen there. Listen, I don't care what they do with the stadium, uh, as long as they leave it where it is. I oh, see so you like it in Orchard Park, huh? Oh, and I would love to have it down by the water. No, no. Um, one of the best parts of the of whatever the hell you call it, that stadium now, um, no longer the cap or New Era Stadium or you know Ralph Wilson or Rich or whatever the fuck. Um, it's the Ralph. One one of the best parts of that is this like the the large spanning parking area and the surrounding parking areas that allow the tailgate experience that is very unique to Buffalo and only one or two other stadiums. Um, I mean, I've, I've been to games in other, in other areas and it's not the same. I mean, do you think that they would be parking in parking garages? They're, they're still going to be parking lots. Like they, they got to put 70,000 people somewhere. It's not right. going to be, but someplace but else, but there's not a ton of land. There's not a, it's not like it's just a vast open area that they can just pave. It's, I think it depends on where they put it. Well, There's some and, not great areas down there with useless buildings that can go bye bye. They 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 just be not there anymore. Right, but you know, and the the most common uh, conversational point of that is the uh, like over by the casino by the uh, Buffalo Creek Casino and. There's like the the arena's already over there. It's not too far from the ballpark. It's near the water, and it would be knocking down some old project buildings. And it's, I mean, people still live there, and whether or not they are sure they should be living there, that's a that's a fight. And I mean, that area butts up to a not fantastic part of Buffalo, um, which obviously you would hope that that would then help build up the area, but you're not going to be able to knock down everything to create the same type of atmosphere and just spanning parking lots and housing that people use their, their lawns and their, their, you know, different areas to, to hold events and tailgating experiences. Like, you know, it's going to be, you know, North and South parking. It's going to be parking structures. It's going to be parking garages. It's not going to be the same, same thing. I mean, while while I agree with you that it, it might be different, I think the overall game experience gets better, though, too. Because you'd have a state-of-the-art stadium, you'd have it be brand new. It would be downtown, all the bars, all the restaurants, all the sporting events, all right there. From Shea's Performing Arts Center to the ball club to the hockey arena, everything's right there. Um, anybody who's been to, to a, a ballpark or a stadium that like overlooks the water and you've got – I mean, we have natural – landmass beauty here that's very unique to where we live and we don't utilize anything as a matter of fact the stadium is 35 minutes away from all of that awesome stuff <laughs> and it's not even i, in, I don't the dis- same zip code i don't disagree it's not 35 minutes it's like 15 to 20 but either way uh i don't because disagree you with took that, the but, waterfront 90 uh route route five in the skyway but yeah sure <laughs> um oh with the awesome views yeah right over the skyway yeah it's fantastic yeah, and the but the other part of that is, you know, when the, the conversation of putting a new stadium in Buffalo happens, uh, they're talking about a dome because of our weather. So, uh, what are you st- like? What scenery? You're indoors. 
I listen. It, 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 there's pros and cons to absolutely everything. It's like, will they put up a dome. If, I don't know. It's more expensive. Maybe they won't. Uh, if my franchise quarterback, if we're locking him up for 10 years and you're building a new stadium and he says, I would really like for it to be a dome, you better put a dome up. Um, I think it would be stupid to build a new stadium that is not a dome in this area, but here that's neither here nor there. But uh, like I said, I, I, give me the state of the art. Give me new. Give me awesome. But keep it where it is. I, I like the area. I like the setup. Um, I, I don't want to try. It's bad. It, it's tough enough to to get out of a game in Orchard Park. Uh, I've I've tried. You know, I've, I've been in the car, been the one behind the wheel trying to leave a Bills game or a, sorry, a Sabres game when they were good and the stadium was packed or the, the arena was packed. It's not fun. It takes an hour, hour and a half, two hours sometimes. It would be three to four if it was a Bills crowd because there's just more people that go. The stadium is bigger and it just, I, I don't want to fight that trap. I would probably not have my seasons if that was the point because I don't want to spend four hours after the game in a parking lot waiting, just trying to get out through city streets. Well, but there's, I don't know, like I said, there's pros and cons to all of it. It really just depends on, on, on what you care about. Like that's a big deal for you. So, I mean, I used to have the country mega ticket and I could say getting out of Darien Lake after a concert with all those people takes hours and hours. And I just doesn't stop me from going to the concert though. I know full well though, when I drive out there that it's just going to be a nightmare getting out. Still, right. still go to the concert. Still have a good time. It just is what it is. Right. And now do that in two feet of snow in December. It, you wouldn't be doing it. Like you, you wouldn't be just hanging out in your car for three to four hours in the snow in the city streets, just trying to get home. Like you, you might do it for a game. You wouldn't do it for eight. If I can't get you for eight, then you're not a real fan, anyways. But listen, I if, you. If, you, if you're you not heard, shirtless with half your chest painted red and half your chest painted blue, I don't even want you there. You, you heard it here first. If they put a if they put a stadium downtown for Buffalo for the Bills, I would consider giving up my my seasons because at that point it would just be more comfortable to watch in the comfort of my own home as opposed to. It won't matter because the, the price of your tickets are going to quadruple with a brand new stadium, so it's not going to matter anyways. That's probably fair too. The the, no, the nosebleeds. Oh, what is that? Fourteen hundred a seat for the upper 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 deck. <laughs> okay, yeah, no kidding. See, but I, that's one of those things I feel like they would price themselves out of the market if they tried that. But what do I know? I listened. The Yankees did that. It was like $10,000 a seat to sit behind home plate. Lo and behold, nobody ever sat there. Go figure. Who knew? Right. I mean, that's also New York City. Everything's stupid expensive in New York City. But Right. I just think that they felt, hey, listen, this is the Yankees and we can charge whatever and people will pay it. Newsflash. They did not. Right. <laughs> uh, so weird. But hey, so we have a... Uh, we have a cool thing going on here. Um, we don't do cool things here. Oh, we do all the cool things here. Oh, boy. Yeah. So uh, are you talking about movie mania? We are. We are doing movie mania. Can oh, you see it? You so fancy. Can you see it? Oh, I see it. So I said you fancy. So uh, first first four matchups are done. Uh, Bobby Boucher knocked off, ha- knocked off Happy Gilmore. Dude, some some brutal randomizers in here. I mean, I know oh. you jumbled it up in the interest of fairness, but damn, were there some one seeds going up against each other? Yeah, the uh, see, so it was hard. It was hard to rank 
you know, it was hard to hard to rank people because we were, we tried to even it out amongst multiple sports. You know, it's not like they did anything that we were like, hey, this is a one seed. This is a 16 seed. Uh, we just right. kind of well, did, picked them. We just did the best, like best in in, in our opinion. Right. I mean, based on what? Based on character, based on their stats, based on how good they were in a movie. I, I, yes, all of it. Whatever. Yeah, based on whatever you felt made them a great character. Whatever your grading rubric was, use that. So, uh, yeah, Bobby Boucher knocked off Happy Gilmore. Uh, that one was not as tight as I thought it was going to be. I thought Happy Gilmore was going to win that one. I really did. I it's. I mean, so you're talking about a guy who went from never playing an organized sport before ever being slow and having anger management issues, taking <laughs> a team from literally inept to bowl game champions. Urban Bowl. And I, I don't like a season less than a game, like less than a full season. He, cause he didn't play the first game. I mean, or maybe, he, iron- maybe he did. I don't remember, but, and ironically, like you started that conversation talking about Bobby Boucher. I legitimately thought you were talking about happy Gilmore there for the first 10 seconds. You were like somebody who's never played an organized sport. He got cut from the hockey team. He didn't play. So he, he takes his all the way to a championship and he wins the, uh, the gold jacket. Right of a sport that I get better at when I drink. You don't get and better at football when you drink. I feel like sometimes you do. Maybe. We'll okay. All right. That, okay. But I mean, you know, Happy Gilmore was an athlete. He did at least attempt to play hockey. Bobby Boucher was a water boy, hydration specialist. And That's took some them, high quality H2O. And, and like, I mean, he single handedly turned a team around. Like, it's not like, a, oh, I just naturally have this. Dri-. It's really, really easy to play golf when you can put it in the put it, you know, you can hit the green on a par five on your drive. It's not easy to make a, an offense look good when you're a linebacker. Yeah, but he was out there blocking on that last play of the game. Right. So one play, one play, and he makes yeah, an entire he, team look that he was that, the fullback. It was the game winning play. That's a very that's why, big moment in LSU right. Mud Dog history. Right. And that's why Bobby Boucher won. <laughs> uh, Julie, yeah. the cat, Julie, the cat knocked off Doug Glatt. Uh, I think that one was fairly easy. They, it's like, that one, it's like Hashik going up against like Rob Ray. I don't know right. what to do with this information. Right. <laughs> the goalie one. I, am, I am not telling you that uh, Julie, the cat is on Dominic Hashik's level, despite my disdain for Dominic Hashik. <laughs> but uh yeah, I mean, you know, she in the, was in the frame of fictional athletes. That's what we're doing. Yes, yes. Um, Doug was a great story as a whole. Um, you know, the, the building a team culture based on his own pride and just happy to be part of the team, happy to be part of it was awesome. But Julie the Cat made the only save that mattered against Team Iceland and then took the job from. Goldberg and not only that not only that but then she sent Goldberg down the uh down the spiral of becoming a crackhead so (laughs) that that poor guy right I I had to throw it out there I listen that's okay and and as a JV goalie they beat the varsity team in the third one that's right in a shutout fashion right and very uh, very big deal and changed the name from the Warriors to the Ducks of Seton Hall the Seton Hall Ducks solely on the shoulder she she made Goldberg changed positions. 
that's Listen, he impressive. Was, he, he was a defensive weapon. That's what he is. He was. He's a big body. And he, he Don't ever do that shots. to me again. Don't you ever do that to me again. Uh, Shane, I was surprised that Benny the Jet knocked off Shane Falco. Listen, I love the replacements. I know you love the replacements. I know our buddy Matt loves the replacements. But, I mean, the Sandlot's the Sandlot. I mean, that's it, it iconic all time. I mean, Benny the Jet, he did go on to be a professional ball player. In the he, did. he did. Falco was only a replacement player. Right, but he beat the, def- the reigning defending national championship team from Dallas. Like the movie embodiment of everything we hate about the Cowboys. <laughs> Shane Falco beat him. Benny the Jet was a pinch runner in the show. You don't know that. That's all I- they gave us. He stole home in a Tuesday noon matinee game. <laughs> Listen, he jumped over the fence. He grabbed that baseball and then he front flipped back over the fence. Yeah. And, he, ran, he, and outran a dog through an he, entire town. He outpickled the dog. Right. Outpickled the beast. It's how that went down. But uh, that we, either way, that gets uh, that gets Benny the Jet the pass on Shane Falco. And the closest man, the, the, this one was surprisingly close. This one blows my mind. I feel like people just didn't know who Reggie Dunlap was. He won, but I still feel like people did just did not know who Reggie Dunlap was. He won by two votes. Squeaking uh, by a fictional, fictional cartoon character. Yes. He, uh, let's see, we're... 36 to 34. I feel like overall. you're Paul, Paul Newman and you, you lose to a cartoon. I don't know how you do that. Like, <laughs> I'm a real person. I don't know how you do that. But uh, I, I believe here wholeheartedly that the, the correct fictional character won. Um, I know Pablo gets a lot of love for the backyard baseball, but I mean, how good of a fictional athlete are you when you're controlled by me? Uh, right. So it really, it really depends on how good you are. That that's really what that is. That's right. Right. So uh starting tomorrow, you're gonna have uh the next group, which we will discuss a little bit here, and this is how we're gonna be how we're gonna wrap up the show. Steeman Willie Beeman. Uh I've noticed that this is the bracket of the bees. So Steeman <laughs> Willie Beeman against Billy, Billy Bob. Bob from Varsity Blues. Billy Bob was a stud. Billy Bob weighed about 390. <laughs> he, Are you in a tan? He, a tan. A tan. Fuck a tan. I still got one. Uh, <laughs> you know, he he played through concussions, and then they scanned his cat, and he came back. Concussions? I don't remember any concussions. And then that dumbass play where he wanders downfield and acts like he's lost actually worked, and they won the game. They won state. The hook and ladder. They won state. And Billy Bob cried because Billy Bob's a bit of a crier. Twitter drinks beer. Twitter drinks beer. And uh, so Billy Bob against the third string quarterback of the Shocks going there. And uh, who who you got in this one, buddy? Ooh, I I don't know. I don't. I mean, my personal favorite. I mean, I love Billy Bob. I feel like everybody loves Billy Bob. I feel like he is more iconic from Varsity Blues than uh, Steam and Willie Beeman is in Any Given Sunday. Um, and although Any Given Sunday is a fantastic movie, I, I feel like Billy Bob here. I don't know. It's, it's from a, especially from a character standpoint. 
I'm just like, he's just the, the lovable like nut that he is. I, he's I'm, got a pet pig. He drinks syrup in the morning. Insane. Right. I, it's just. And listen, it, I'm, I'm a lineman. I've been a lineman my whole life. My heart goes out to the big boys. So Billy Bob takes this, in my opinion. And I hope that we get a Billy Bob win out of this one. I listen, you and I quote Billy Bob all the time. I've never quoted Willie Beeman in my life. So I don't know. <laughs> that's just me personally. That's I did one time and it's because I had the stomach flu. Uh, well, that's a that's a throwing up joke. <laughs> uh, down here at the bottom, we got the Chaz Michael Michaels of Blades of Glory fame going against and, and this is also the first uh the first appearance of Mr. Will Farrell on the list <laughs> against John Beebe from Mystery Alaska. Allison, I mean, Mystery Alaska is awesome and it's a phenomenal movie. And I don't think it gets enough credit, but I feel like this is just going to wind up going to Chaz Michael Michaels just out of uh, Will Farrell being Will Farrell. You know what I mean? It's. Uh, this movie, know. this movie did make a good play last year. It was last year or two years ago for our uh, greatest sports movie ever. That's what I mean. So it's definitely up there. Um, but I agree with your initial assessment there. Mystery Alaska as a whole just doesn't get enough credit. Uh, a lot of people haven't seen it. If you haven't, you need to. We said it when we did our sports movie episode. On the YouTube machine, which we, I believe, last year reshared as an audio episode. Um, and John Beebe, played by Russell Crowe, if memory serves. Accurate. Um, oops, I just put a new text on there. That's cool. Good for me. Um, Technology. Right? So, uh, you know, it, it's funny because Russell Crowe is the epitome of an actor that looks like he's playing a hockey player. <laughs> like I, that that's all there is to it. Like he and he plays the part perfectly. He's the, he's the aging captain of the Mystery Alaska team about to be put on the bench because the new young stud is coming up so he's not going to play in the Saturday game and then they realize they need a captain f- to play the Rangers. <laughs> like it's great and the dude goes out there and he's a baller. But uh are you not entertained? I mean, different Russell Crowe movie, but you know what I'm trying to say. Right. But uh, I, I would like to see BB win this one, but I, I agree with you. I think Chaz Michael Michaels takes it simply on a popularity contest. Agreed. Going across the way here. Dude, uh, this side of the bracket, I'd like. Right. These two matchups are friggin' unbelievable. So uh, Danny Baten, Bateman against Rocky Balboa. Now, it has to be said that the actor who plays Danny Bateman was in Friends. He tried to be the ultimate fighter, and he lost horribly twice. Head-to-head in an actual fight, Balboa takes it. (laughs) Hands down. However, Danny Bateman is a great character. My favorite character from that movie. One of my favorite sports characters all time. That he's just awesome. And And it blows my mind that John Favreau, like, is it like an Oscar nominated director and actor? Like he's so like critically acclaimed for like serious roles. And he's just this lunatic who's got blood trickling out of his nose. Half the movie. And he's just nuts. And it's awesome in all the best ways. Oh, it's so funny. 
Um, I, I think Belboa takes this one personally. How do you not love the ultimate underdog? I mean, just I, to be honest with you, I mean, I think Rocky's my, you can call it a dark horse or not, but like Rocky's my pick to win the entire bracket. To just win this whole thing. I mean, it's a guy who spawned seven Rocky movies now into two Creed movies. It's a franchise that has spanned 40 years. The first Rocky movie won an Oscar like for best screenplay. And Stallone wrote it when he was like living in his car. It's like you said, true underdog. It, I don't know. Everybody everywhere knows Rocky Balboa. There, there's a statue of him in Philadelphia. He's not a real athlete. They have an actual statue in Philadelphia to a fictional sports athlete, right. which is awesome. But he's not a real guy. The, Philly doesn't have anybody else. Right. Nobody. There's nobody else you wanted to put a flyer up of? No. Nope. Okay. Fictional um, guy. I mean, maybe, maybe Big Dick Nick, but who I, knows? Oh, sure. I, that, that, that'd be the closest one you have. Um, yeah, I think Belbo is going to be hard to beat across the board. But uh, there are some people on this side of the bracket in particular that are going to make that a tough road to hoe. Uh, it's nuts. And two of them are in this matchup. Uh, it has to be said that it was brought to my attention that Ronnie Bass was actually a real person. Um, the entire it was based character, on a true story, so that would well, make sense. The entire character list of Remember the Titans were actual real people. Sure. So uh, I have to make the disclaimer here that I probably could have went, took Ronnie Bass out and subbed somebody in. I didn't feel like it. And my justification <laughs> for it was that the character of Ronnie Bass, much like every other character in any other movie, is a fictionalized representation of a real person. So we are talking about the movie Ronnie Bass, Sunshine, who that nickname was real uh, for the character and the, the real person. But you know that it's over sensationalized for the purpose of the movie. So Ronnie Bass of Remember the Titans fame going against the poster girl for a league of their own, Dottie Henson. Dottie was a stud. MVP of the women's league. Doing splits and catching foul balls. Managing when Tom Hanks was too drunk to do Uh, so. Right. Mr. Dugan. Mr. Dugan. Luke. What? Why are we stopped? Lou quit. Who's Lou? Who's Lou? The bus driver. Get back on the bus. God, Ridiculous. what a great movie. What a great Phenomenal. movie. My, my fiance's all-time favorite movie. And really, I got another one of those. Remember the Titans versus A League of Their Own? All-time greatest sports movies. Yeah. With arguably the top two characters from either one of those movies. In a matchup again, the randomizer is a cruel, cruel mistress in this situation. Oh my god, he the, the randomizer is not a fan of anybody right now. This 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 one was a brutal. Um, it's from, I don't know. I from a character standpoint, I'm I'm going with Dottie Henson. Um as a person who's like the, the movie's kind of based around her and her relationship with her sister. Um, and the whole fact of like really okay, so League of Their Own Jazz. 
Does, does she let go of the ball at the end? You beat me to it, man. Uh, right. You beat me See, to it. That, this, okay. this was my bonus question. Does, does she drop the ball on purpose? I, I think she does. I think that's I, just something right. I think she lets the ball go because it meant more to her sister. Yes. I, I wholeheartedly believe. I mean, you, we, we watched her do amazing things. Amazing right. hold, things. Hold on to the baseball is really in and, her repertoire there. And, it's really and, not and they, that. And they make a point of the movie shows it where her hand hits and the ball, like her, her fingers yeah, open. Just, just relax. I mean, it's, it's not like it's a thing where like the ball comes out upon the collision. They show her hand opening and the ball rolling out. Um, and again, I, I wholeheartedly believe it is because she knows it means more to Kit than it ever will to her. She didn't want to be there to begin with. She was only there because of her sister, and it became about her. She asked for the trade. They traded her sister. Um, you know, She saw what it was doing to her sister when they were beating her in the finals, and it meant more. And Dottie Henson being Dottie Henson dropped the ball on purpose because she's Dottie Henson. I agree with you. I think Dottie takes this, in my opinion. I, a league of their own, I feel like, in our general demographic, does not get enough love, though. So I think Ronnie Bass is going to take it. I want Dottie Henson to win it, though. Yep, nope, I'm with you. Dottie's one of those people that, for me, that if, if I'm doing this and I'm voting, is probably advancing to at, at least, least the, the quarters towards the at finals. At least the Elite Academy, Eight. Right, yep, 100%. Yeah. Again, I just I, iconic... Everybody knows Dottie Henson. You know what I mean? It, it, you could be a novice. I feel like it's just one of those names. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, and I'm, I'm going to tell you, uh, I feel bad for Benny the Jet drawing the winner of whoever takes this uh, one. Right, seriously. It's, sorry, bud. Not much going on there. Oh, God. And there's so many other good matchups in here. That's so many good week. matchups. But uh, we will cover them every week as we go, the upcoming ones, and then eventually we'll do a uh, – Probably when we get to the final four, we'll do a full tilt, um, a full tilt episode with multiple hosts, and we'll all kind of discuss the remaining athletes. So that'll put a wrap on that, and uh, that'll also put a wrap on this episode. I think we're probably a little over an hour at this point, um, maybe close to an hour. But uh, and you didn't think we'd have enough to talk about to fill an hour. Listen, man, I can probably talk an hour on my own if I needed to. I, I try not well, to. Well, anytime you and I get together, it's like, oh, shit, it's been 90 minutes. We should probably cut this. Yeah. And uh, tomorrow I'm joining the two point conversation on a history episode to talk about receiving running backs. Oh, if you don't yell Westbrook, so help me God, I we're not we're not friends anymore. We're not friends. If you don't mention Brian Westbrook, I'm sorry. That's just a thing. Brian, Brian Westbrook is on the top of my list. So, okay. All right. Well, that's fine. Then we can continue being friends. Then this is okay. Hashtag spoiler alert. But uh, yeah, me and Mr. Lens are going to jump on and help out um, Matt and the boys at two point with uh, Matt's real busy doing uh, live coverage of high school wrestling right now up in the North town. So, you know, stepping in and helping out where we can, and, you know, I'm sure he'll step in and help me out when, you know, when we needed it as well. So, but uh, anything else for the good of the order there guy? No, man. Sounds good. It was a pleasure as always. Yeah, good times, and uh, we'll have you back on ASAP, and you know we'll keep it rolling, keep it going. Uh, you know we're pushing toward that twenty thousand subscriber mark. Uh, Tip of the cap and Comet Debauchery have both hit it. Uh, the Network Sports Talk Show. We should be putting a new episode out of that this week. That'll be a lot of fun talking about cheaters, cheater, cheater, pumpkin eaters. Yes, sir. And then uh, 
yeah, just a lot of cool stuff. So uh, thanks for tuning in, guys. As always, check out all the awesome, great podcasts, including us at www.bicbp-radio.com slash hats dash tats dash stats. Uh, you can go there, check out that, check out Tip of the Cap, check out Comet about you, the Network Sports Talk Show, Two Point Conversation, uh, Let's Talk But Not Politics, comma, okay, question mark. Uh, damn that scary and all the cool stuff. Uh, the, the network had an amazing month again. We are up over 700 thousand subscribers to the network as a whole which is just fantastic and uh, all of that is because of you guys uh, always you know as always put it out there we're gonna uh, like comment share subscribe do all the cool stuff if you see it on social media share it to your friends uh, especially these these polls for the movie fictional athlete bracket uh, just doing it for fun see what see what the people think and drive some engagement from you guys uh, let us know what you think and uh, we will catch you guys next time again Austin thanks for joining me man and we will catch you guys next week. Hats, Tats, and Stats podcast is brought to you by Stinger Sports. Stinger Sports makes high-quality, fully custom supplemented uniforms and apparel that will have you looking great on and off the field. Get your custom-made pro-quality gear today at stingerwoodbats.com and put that S on your chest. Use promo code TIP OF THE CAP, all one word, for 10% off your order. Stinger Sports. Look great. Feel great. Play great. Oh, you didn't know? Yo ass better call somebody! Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, the BICBP Radio Network proudly brings to you its podcast tag team champions of the world! The Nightmare Derek Jaws, Rotten Jack Gene Williams, the hosts of Common Debauchery! And if you're not down with that, we got two words for you.